Who said that you're supposed to sweat in church? Mama. <laughs> well, you know what? Worship is not the hour that we're here. Um, if you look in our directory of worship of our church, worship is everything we do. Actually, it even describes us, our identity, not as a pastor or as our laity, not as men or female, Jews or Gentiles, black, white, whatever. It describes all of us to be worshipers. Do you understand that? I mean, even in our doctrinal statements, question number one of the Westminster, what is the chief aim? What is the purpose? What is the main goal of humanity, of people, men, women? What is it? To glorify God. And, and this is the one that, that shocks a lot. To glorify God and enjoy God forever. What is that? I was supposed to be like drower side. No, no, no. It's to worship God and enjoy God forever. So worship is not what we do. If you really get a real deep sense of what worship is, worship is who we are. It's not what we do. It's who we are. Therefore, when we receive new disciples, when we ordain, we say the last words, whatever you do in word and deed, do it for the glory of God because it's who we are. It's not what we do. Quiz. Pop, pop a quiz. Okay? I've been talking for maybe three, four minutes. Who, what is your identity? Uh, this girl got it. From here, let me check on some of them. What is our identity? Worshippers. It's not what we do on Sunday morning. It's who we are in the presence of God every day, every moment, every breath of our life. For the moment that we wake up in the morning, we are worshipers. Many of you say, oh, the minute I open my eyes, I thank the Lord. Some of you count your, your toes and, and fingers to see if you still have time like Chip does. And then he says, oh, thank you, God. I still got my ten toes and my ten fingers. We can do that. Let me read for you some of Scripture from the book of Acts. It is found in your worship guide in the next to the last page. I read out of Psalm 30, and, and some of the message will be out of Psalm 30. But I, I want you to listen to and for the word of the Lord at what is happening in this community of believers that they have just come together. And, and, and what is the attitude that they carry uh, with the Lord. What is their main goal? What is their hang-up? What is their main thing? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals. Or, or, or I should read this, this, this following way. All the professional pastors devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. Is that what it says? Who, 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 who's it talking about? Who's the, the believers? Believers. Some? All believers. Do I have some believers here? Okay. Including the Lord's Supper. 
and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. No, I'm not going to embarrass us because when we left last week and we came back this week, how many miraculous signs did the Lord perform through us? If you think about it very carefully, if you think about it intentionally, you may come up with something that you're not aware of. You see, because God is there and God is not quiet. Reminded me, good old Dr. Francis Schaeffer. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their, their meals with great joy and generosity. All while praising God and enjoying goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Some would like to think of this per pericope or, or this section of Scripture as the real life of the early church. Well, it was the real life of the early church until you turn the pages. And then you have conflicts. And the conflict that actually comes up is actually the first kind of conflict that churches tend to have. It was a racial issue, of all things. The Jewish widows were complaining. Actually, the Greek widows were complaining. The Jewish widows were getting more in the distribution of bread and that kind of stuff. So the church grew, and it did face conflict. But the theme that we see in this one, in this one section Right at the end of chapter 2 of the book of Acts, that declares the amazing Holy Spirit coming, and it describes the birth of the Christian church, and describes how three, 5,000 joined the church that same week, and how they were trying to make sense out of this whole experience that they just had. The one thing that you always see in the entire chapter is the concept of togetherness of fellowship, of community, of them hanging around with each other in two circumstances. When things were certain, in other words, when they were praying, when they were organizing their meals in the temple as well as in the homes, when they were doing good deeds in that community, they were together when they were doing things that they planned. But they also were together when God began to do things that they did not plan for. And they were together when God began to do things that were not in their budget. They was not even in their, in their scheme of, of, of reality. Because it broke away from the norm. It broke away from our plans. It broke away from our expectations. It broke, it broke away from our comfort zone. But they stuck together. And this month, uh, I'm basically bringing the last of the messages that has to do with ties that bind us together. Ties that bind us together. What is it that God wants us to be together? How is it that God wants us to hang out together? And let the peace, says the Scripture, of God to come into, in, into your hearts. But before that, before the peace, Paul reminds us in Colossians, above all, clothe yourselves with politics. 
Oh, I gotcha. See, because when I go into this monotone, I lose you. Oh, it doesn't say that. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Can I say that again? Above all things, clothe yourselves with love, which binds all us together in perfect harmony. And when we intentionally try to bind ourselves together with love, the love, not our kind of selfish love, not our kind of limited love, not our kind of what I preferred love, but the love of God which is unconditional and expanding and expansive, then we have fellowship with one another. John actually wrote it this way, if we have, if we walk in the light if we walk in transparency of humanity, of, of who you are, if we walk in honesty, if we walk in the light as he walks in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins. Paul says it this way, as we are binded in love, which is what brings us all together in perfect harmony, then as a result of that binding ourselves to love, the peace of Christ, which rules over our hearts, will come, and we will be made members of one body which lives in peace, which lives in harmony. That was our main theme, ties that bind us together. And throughout the month, we brought our prayers, and we put them in, 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 in these strips of cloth. Some of them are written. Some of them are not. They're silent prayers, but we see them there, and we see them not staying still. They're moving. Because whether that prayer is answered or not, God is in the move. The statement in, in, in your worship guide even says, the one that Linda chose for this week, even before the words of your concerns are in your mind, God has listened to your heart. So we began this whole month with describing that God not only stitches our hearts together, but God stitches us together into a community of oneness. We are together. Oh, we're broken, messed up, but we are together. God has brought us together. God has brought us together so that we can be a witness to this community. Then in the second week, we discovered that we could be woven together. My goodness, and that was fun. When we took all those pieces of paper throughout the sanctuary, and I made everyone from this section uncomfortable because we all sat here. Look, there's nobody here this time. <laughs> Aren't we funny fellows, huh? And then last week, we had fun. Last week, who wasn't here last week? Let me see hands. Who wasn't here last week? Oh, too bad. You didn't get to play with water. I got to get almost everybody wet. <laughs> but we celebrated and we were reminded how God has poured us together into the beautiful covenant of grace. How God has brought us together as a family. And we symbolized it as we poured our waters together during the first hymn into the one basin. And, and we explained what the covenant is, which is basically God telling us that He will be our God and we will be God's people. He repeats it over and over and over over again. I will be your God, and you will be my people. And then not only did we talk about the covenant, that we explained it, but then we played with the covenant, and we practiced the covenant as we receive a child into baptism, and as we receive uh, Kisha into baptism with affirmation of faith, and we receive some other members. And next Sunday, we have another reception of a disciple. Julia is going to join Light of Hope next Sunday during our 
worship service. So God brings us together. God has woven us together. God has poured us together. Today, let me share with you a little bit about how God has moved, is moving us together. Because it's not only the movement of, of, of the three churches, which, by the way, uh, um, Brother David Boozer reminded me that there are still papers being published this morning. And, and he told me, did you see the paper this, this week? And, and I didn't answer what I typically answer. What, am I 70? <laughs> but he brought a copy of the newspaper. And in this newspaper, we're quoted. Oh, what's all this? Never mind. I just went happy trigger. I'll bring it back. In this paper, we, we have the whole idea that there are bridges that needed to, for generation divide, bridges that need to be done for generation divides. And all of this paper is talking about how some time ago, three congregations, they talk about Woodlawn, they talk about Calvary, and they talk about South Minnesota, how three congregations actually decided to close their doors, and come together. And, and yes, they quote Pastor John Spangler when he was talking about how uh, the, the younger, and they were very generous because I think he fib when he said that the average age of the congregation was 60. Okay, rest of my, rest of my case. <laughs> and he said that the younger person in the youth group was I. No, he didn't mention. But it was like in their 50s. But you know what? That has changed. Has that changed? We have children. We have youth. Oh, I know where they're at today. They're tired from school probably from their first week or dealing with that. But we have a new generation that's coming in here. We have a totally new face in the church. It used to be 99.9 .9 because Dorothy wasn't black. <laughs> I, I say that in just because one day somebody walked into Calvary and asked her, is there any black person in this church? And they said no. But Dorothy was there. <laughs> So now we're a family. This family is beginning to look like when you go to Walmart. This family is beginning to look like when you go to the stores, when you're in the stops, and when you go to fast food places. We're beginning to look like the neighborhood because we're becoming a community church, a church of this neighborhood as God has stitched us together, woven us together, and poured us together. As God now begins to move us out of our comfort zone, you know what happened? Uh, Jesus gave the great commandment as Jesus was up, you know, ascending, go into, into Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. What is that? Is that movement or not? Is Jesus asking the church in Cobb County, I mean in Jerusalem, to move and do things with that statement? But guess what they did? They sat. They got together to study the Word. Oh, they did that. They went every Saturday to the temple. And on Monday, on a Sunday, they would get together to have fellowship. Oh, on Monday, they probably went in the community and prayed for people and things were happening. And God was moving and guess what? They got more comfortable. Very, very comfortable in 1501. Is that my address? 1507. Where am I? <laughs> How long have I been here? Don't ask me for the phone number. <laughs> they got comfortable. Did they move? 
No, they didn't. Let me assure you, they did not move. They were comfortable in Jerusalem. They were comfortable in the little towns around the city. They were just comfortable. They were there. Until the famous persecution of Titus came. Almost 70 years. They did not move. And God moved them. And God moved them. Do you hear me? And God had to move them. Because God is not a God that's sitting down and waiting for you to do things. Let me be honest with you. We have a call. We have a vision in this church. And I know it's not going to happen here because otherwise it would have happened already. But in a similar place where a similar, not a like project like this was taking place, when the reality of the vision began to happen, some of the old folks did not like it. And they went ahead and forced the situation and closed the church. Uh, that was my other church. They kicked me out for things that I've already said here. <laughs> they kicked me out. Yeah, they did. But one day, Dr. Markle, as I was reviewing, putting my messages from one system to the other, reviving that, which I'm about to do that soon, uh, I stumbled into a message the ones that I write, you know, who wants to read that stuff again? But this one, I got curious. And I began to read it, and I began to find a prophecy. The vision that that congregation was given was actually being fulfilled. But not by us. But by another crowd of believers that trusted God, that moved along with God. Because not only did they believe that God was on the move, that God moves in prayers, that God moves in our lives, that God intervenes our lives, but they said, we are here to make a difference in this community. And they moved in the direction that the other group didn't want to move into. So the PCUSA closed one congregation, sold the property, and two years later, what was said in that message was happening in that building. <gasps> Thank you, Lord. For your word will last forever in spite of us. Ephesians describes it. For we are God's masterpiece. Now, we are God's masterpiece to be placed in a museum. Oh, I enjoy the museums. Telfair Museum over in Savannah. Amazing exhibits. And then it's combined with SCAD. So that's SCAB. SCAD. Amazing place, beautiful art, beautiful people that I met while I was there early this week. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can just sit down and do nothing. No, you know me already. So that we can do the good things God planned for us on the move. Peter remembers the same call, has the same sense that Jesus has given the disciples that Paul acquires later on, but, Paul, but Peter has it in his heart. Peter has it in his bones, and Peter lives it when he writes, but you are not like that. You are not lazy, lazy, lazy. That's what he's saying in the verses before. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. No, I am not the priest here. I'm the pastor teacher to teach you to do the works of ministry out there. That's the purpose of us together. So that we are a royal priesthood. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't hire me for me to do the work of the ministry. That's not why you hired me. 
there was a confusion in South Minister at some time, and they were saying, we need the church to grow, so let's hire an evangelist. Ah. It doesn't work. You hire me to help you become the evangelist. You've brought me to this wonderful place. I can say that now. To this wonderful place to, for me to help you become the evangelist in this community. You have brought me over so that I can become the teacher, the one leading in you to become a church that's relevant and growing. But not me. Can't do it alone, Joan. It's all of us together as we discover that God is in the move. Not only that God is in the move, but God has desired. God has given us a break. God has given you all a break, and you're not in some other Baptist church. But you, have, you remain at our Presbyterian church because God then is inviting us to dance. God made you. God chose you. God, so that we, look at, as Peter says it, God's very own holy nation, God's very own possession. So that as a result, you can sit and come once a week to church and pay your dues. Now, what kind of Bible do I have? So that God's very own possession, and as a result... You can show others. Is that movement? You are showing others the goodness of God. For God called you out of darkness into his amazing, wonderful light. It is the priesthood of all the believers. It is the movement of every single one of us, either in formal ministry, either in training. Pray for the 10 that are right now taking the classes for leadership. That is amazing. We have a group of 10 sisters and brothers who are taking this training. That means that they're ready for movement. They're not going to sit and wait for budgets to be decided, for monies to come in. God has given it to us. We are to move. We are to move together. We, are, we move together when we pray together. We move together when we plan together. We move together when we hurt together. We move and live together when we accept one another. We move and live together when we believe God has brought us together for a purpose. We move together away from fear and into faith. We move together into faith and not doubt. We move together into victory and not defeat. We move together into celebration of diversity. We move together when we combine our power and resources, our finances, our talents, our treasures, and our time to make a difference in this amazing community, which is a microcosm of what the U.S. is becoming. Yes. We move together expecting God, miraculous and signs, and we move together when we all believe God and not in our opinions. We move together when we encourage one another. We move together because God has invited us to dance in his dance. Oh, people, Micah the prophet says, the Lord has told you what is good, and, and this is what God requires of you. Do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. Do, do you wish to move in the dance of God? Do you? Do you wish to be part of God's movement along this life? Would you welcome God alongside your day and your night, your evening? Would you move, reposition, change, redirect as God moves you and moves us?
God changes us in different ways. God moves us in different ways. And I close with this. Some of you who don't have a habit, and some of you who have an old habit of coming to church, the fact that you come this hour a week is a sign that God is moving in your life. Think about that. The fact that your awareness of God's goodness, God's mercy, God's grace, every moment of your life, you can have that awareness. That means that God's Spirit is moving in your life. The thirst, the hunger to hear more from God is a sign that your spirit is a sensitive spirit to God. God is moving. God is speaking. Are we listening? Let us pray. Lord, this world would deny you and rely on human wisdom and certainty in their search for answers to questions they don't even know how to ask. But we will praise you and exalt your name, for we know you are the Alpha, the beginning of all things, and Omega, the end of all things, and all that is between, where there is certainty, where there is mystery, where there is faith, where there is adventure. We have known your healing, we have known your provision. We have known your victory. Our sorrows have turned into dancing and our tears into joy. Therefore, O Lord, we shall praise your name together because you have brought us to become one, one in Christ. Amen.